0: Previously, on our Kentucky Route Zero saga,
1: um, tell us
0: about the elephant in the room, or rather, God. the mucky mammoth.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. is on fire. The boat is how we get to Dogwood Drive, get to the end of our journey. We are in a boat, just sailing our way through the zero, down the river, um, on our way to Dogwood Drive, and we hit location after location.
0: Uh, the Echo River Exchange, uh, Echo River Central Exchange. Um, this is this is the, the scene thing? for me okay.
1: that I was like, "This is the big, this is the big moment. This is this is everything this game has been building up to." But the the biggest thing is at the end of this scene when Conway and Shannon leave. The boat that passes by at the end has three Hard Time boys in it now fully skeletonized and you realize that one of them is conway
0: oh what no you
1: <laughs> jacob you, you look a little shell-shocked
0: <laughs> i i don't i uh so uh
1: words are hard i get it
2: <laughs> where do we go from here i mean conway is gone um there's the spiral staircase to nowhere And uh, we've still got this truck with some sort of delivery to make after this crazy boat ride. So um, I am very, very much excited to see where it goes from here. And I'm also really worried and disheartened to know that this is almost the end of this story of this game. So I'm, I'm really excited to know what happens.
0: Welcome to episode 99 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Kentucky Route Zero, Act 5. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me, my hard-time boys. The first hard-time boy, his name
1: is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about the seeming finale of a wonderful game.
0: And here to talk about the finale as well is our second hard-time boy. For the ninth time on the podcast, it is Mr. Adam Ionetta.
3: I've heard of a land of peace
2: and joy and
3: wonderful light.
1: Amazing. (laughs) I had to. I'm so sorry. I had to. Damn, that's amazing.
2: (laughs) And that, my
0: friends, is one less game left behind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my line, Jacob. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess guess now we have to talk about Act 5 of Kentucky Route Zero. So somehow, if you are grabbing this podcast without having listened to our other eight episodes of the podcast... Please Do yourself a favor. Rewind to Adam's song. Play that again. But then when you're done, <laughs> pause it, go back to our first episode of the series, start there, and then you'll meet us here when you're ready. Uh, gentlemen, uh, this is the finale of Cardboard Computer's video game question um, <laughs> mark. And it starts in a very different place than the end of Act 4 from my memory,
1: correct? Yeah, it quite very very different. Takes place after the storm. Ooh, after the storm from what, Michael? Uh after the storm that we experience in the the previous interlude. Um, you know, where Weaver has taken over the broadcast studio at WXP. Is that is that correct?
0: Yeah, WEP TV.
1: Yeah. W E V P TV. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, four acronyms, just like every <laughs> local TV station. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so in in the previous interlude where we left off was uh, essentially people running their pirate TV broadcast, their local TV station, and Weaver uh, having taken over the broadcast even in the midst of a power outage and and a major storm. And where we start in Act 5 is playing a, I think we are controlling a dragonfly but playing as a cat um which is weird to describe but is <laughs> wonderful to play and we are running around essentially this town uh in the remnants of the storm
2: one really interesting thing to note is that as soon as this episode starts you appreciate that it's morning it's daylight whereas with every other act and every other interlude It's been nighttime. All of the events that have occurred up until now have taken place over the span of 8 to 12 hours of darkness.
1: Whoa. I did not consider that at all, that everything we had done had taken place over the course of an evening.
2: And it's, I mean, the the one thing that reminded me of it was Conway's interaction with Shannon just before he leaves or departs. And he says, um, you know, come the morning, I'll have a new job. And, uh, as we see from the events of act four and the beginning of act five, he has his new job and he's, he's nowhere to be found. You're, uh, I mean, of course you're playing as the cat, but you're, um, almost from an is, is the word I'm looking for, um, omnipresent or where you're basically able to view everyone else's interactions from a, a seemingly, um, omnipotent. Yeah, um, omnipotent perspective. Where like a
0: god-like view on it
2: is what you're saying, right? Ab- is that kind of what you're... Absolutely, 100%. You can you can get yourself as involved with diving deeper into these characters and their relationships with everyone else in the town as much or as little as you want simply by controlling this cat and uh, digging a little deeper. And um, it's... Uh, I, I, I think we've talked about this before already but um, the the whole idea of how the game has evolved graphically and technically um, this this truly is the finale because the this entire environment the the quote unquote the town is is stunning it's to me it reminded me of something from uh, Breath of the Wild from The Legend of Zelda just something that you would come into with these lush landscapes and you know pristine water it's it's very very enchanting and very beautiful
0: i wrote some very terrible things but essentially boils down to you play a cat blank or you play a blank cat being guided by a blank dragonfly to start this blank act fill the fill the blank in how you will but i don't think i've had a more jarring like start to an act because this like playing a cat was not what i was expecting playing in daylight was not what i was expecting playing in the kind of the the ravaged remains of a town is not what I was expecting, and like this game is non-linear, I totally get that. But this to me was just such a leap um, from Act Four that I almost went like, "Am I? Did I? Is this the right thing? I, I don't know what's going on here."
2: Adam, you are you are not alone because I having come from. Act three, which I, I think I cleared in maybe just under three hours, and then moving to Act Four, which took me probably around the three to three and a half hour mark. I I basically had to set aside like an entire day to dedicate myself to this act because I was preparing for something just as long, this being the finale. And I I, I booted it up, started playing, and I feel like it should have been one of those cutaways in a SpongeBob episode where the narrator interjects and just says, 90 minutes later. And <laughs> I, I just sit and think to myself, oh, that that's it. I, I guess it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. But I'm, I'm totally okay with that because I, I really am at a loss for words for just how enjoyable not just this act has been or had been, but the entire adventure throughout from, from start to finish.
0: So this thing is told, uh, you play a cat who's being controlled by a, like a spectral dragonfly, and the perspective is different in this act than kind of all the other ones, because it's, it's almost that you can move around in a circle for the town, mm-hmm. and kind of explore the different nooks and crannies of the town, and interact with the villagers that are still there. Um, but, uh, were there some memorable moments that you guys had kind of going around town? Because I think it's split into three different parts that are kind of, um, it's one scene per the Kentucky Route Zero structure, but each scene is split up between three title cards.
1: You know, I don't, I don't even think I remember the title cards other than end at the end. Um... But I, I do remember finding the, uh, it's, I think they called it the library, um, you know, really interesting. Um, and it seems like, from from what I've seen, there's this giant hole in the center of the town. Um, and when you're talking, when you, when you as a cat approach Junebug and Johnny uh, at the edge of it and they look down, they say, oh, do you think the truck's going to be okay down there? Uh, which... Uh, gives at least me the impression that we have popped out the zero on the, on the other side. We're back in Kentucky somewhere. Um, and the, the, t- the truck is still down in the zero and this, this whole town that we, you know, play in has no roads that lead to or from it. And that's kind of the story that we get along the way that the way in and out is through a plane or through the zero and through this hole and, uh, one of the things, you know, first I'll say, it took me a while and I'm a little embarrassed to realize that we were actually playing a cat and a cat is <laughs> who we were talking with because I was so uh, so much focused and enjoying, you know, navigating this dragonfly. Like, it felt so natural <laughs> and, and uh, you know, great to, to play. Um, but, but more than that, I love that they just essentially blew up you know uh metaphorically speaking um no pun intended what we had experienced in the last interlude of that it is the the same you know position of the center of the room that you're spinning around and deciding what you're going to engage with and in the last interlude you were in the center of this little trailer and in this one you're in the center of the town you know piecing it all together um but but right back to your your point jacob one of my favorite areas was that, uh, that library where we get a little bit of lore on the town. Uh,
2: for those of you that are interested, um, if you go to the, the fan wiki, the consolidated power company.com, I think it's called, um, you can actually find a, um, a top down map of, of the town. Um, and it's, it's really cool because they've actually highlighted all of the individual, uh, landmarks and different venues that they have. And, when you actually see it from a bird's eye view, you actually appreciate that all of the, I guess for lack of a better term, the, the trenches that are filled with water that sort of spiral out from the center of the hole where you came from uh, in Act 4, it actually resembles the, um, do you remember what your cursor looked like in Act 4 where it was sort of the the eyeball with a hand? It actually uh, yeah. in
0: in interlude four, right? In interlude four, yes, yes, yeah. yes.
2: Um, it actually resembles that marking, and I'm we we don't at least I didn't. We we don't really ever learn what the significance of that symbol is, and so I'm I'm just really curious to know what it is, and let alone what what you guys think if if there is some sort of significance behind that that mysterious eye or. I I I don't have anything with the eye.
0: Um I think there's a lot of interesting stuff for us to dissect that happens. I was super interested in like the power company stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Mike, did you kind of see anything with the eye that or have any thoughts on the eye?
1: I didn't notice the eye in this act. Maybe I was asleep through through most of this. <laughs> um but I noticed uh just a bunch of weird symbols when you were interacting with uh, when you're essentially the cat talking to just about anyone, uh, and I guess I guess it makes sense. Like, what are you going to show a human mouth? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some whiskers? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Mo the crow was here. That's like, true. He was. Our our Man. friend was back. the The conversation between a cat and a crow was hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, because one thing we didn't mention is you can actually meow at. Like characters in the world, and they will have dialogue with you because your meow. Imagine there's a circle in like the bottom center of the screen, there are different symbols, and it'll mean like an inquisitive meow or like a, a fearful meow. And characters will react to you based on the way that you meow. You don't have a choice, but you can have a conversation with people, which was interesting. And
1: it's incredibly weird that people just understand cat. <laughs> like, everyone just continues the conversation as if they know exactly what's being said. But then again, this is a world where people speak crow. So I am I'm not I shouldn't be too surprised.
0: I mean, my favorite thing was meowing in the hole, but I guess meowing to people was a close second.
2: I, I think that's... Like, I, I have a dog, and I, I find myself talking to him all the time. And I mean, certainly, <laughs> certainly he, he doesn't respond... Nearly as abruptly as this cat did with you know oh you know here's here 's an assertive response or here 's an indecisive response he'll just kind of sit there and just kind of give you those those big dog eyes and
1: he's more stoic
2: a- exactly
0: um why were there ghost people around
2: my My guess was um, i I feel as though this town has some sort of significance to the um the people of nothing, the the Un Pueblo de Nada that we discussed during the previous act. I I feel as though that at one point or another, this was where they ended up. This was perhaps their final pilgrimage and what ultimately led them to the the final experiment where they all of a sudden vanished. Because there are a few moments where you get to interact with these shadows and learn a bit more about them. And uh, in particular, there's they they go on to talk about a couple different characters and there's one character, I think his name is uh, Frasier or, or Frazier or something like that and he's always described as having this sort of invisible power and he's he's trying to work on something that sounds very menacing and I, I myself am convinced that whoever this Frasier character is he probably had something to do with the ultimate disappearance of these people
1: Yeah. So I feel like I never got a clear sense of end or closure on what that story is and not to be too meta, but you know, that's kind of the game. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, but from, from what I remember, the pieces that I was able to pull together, when we go to the library, we hear that he has this radical experiment that he wanted to try where it's only the most necessary books, which creates real scarcity and value. Um, and uh, we pick up bits uh, and pieces of info on him around the town that he's slowly consolidated power without uh, people realizing it. Which maybe that's a metaphor for the power company, <laughs> you know, uh, consolidated power co. Um,
2: I see what you did there. Yeah,
1: hey. I, yeah, um, but but uh, but but yeah, I, th- I thought that was that was really interesting, and I definitely do not know what the what the purpose or the story of the ghost people is, aside from Fraser that I think you know we get a bit about um but you you see more of them at the beginning, and as you progress, you see them in different places mm-hmm. um, and there's this one kind of beautiful line of like, well why do we call something a ghost town if there's no one there is it is it a town of ghosts or you know what is what is the reason we call it a ghost town and I feel like that's kind of you know. I don't quite know what the poetic meaning is or metaphorical meaning is, um, but it it seems like there's something there, that these are the people who had lived there and whose lives had either moved on um, and a part of them still remains and and Mm -hmm. gives gives the place part of its soul or spirit.
0: To bounce off that, I think it was fun that in the interlude, a lot of the characters are talking about, like, hey, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? Now there's a huge flood in the town. But there's a line specifically, and again, there's this game is very dense. And I think that anyone playing it will likely miss some of these lines. But there was one line specifically I wrote down, but with everyone gone, who will feed the ghosts? Which to me was like perfect based on what you said and what is happening in the game
2: there's there's also the significance in addition to the the ghosts the the significance of the horses because throughout the entire the neighbors the the neighbors that that they're
1: called
2: neighbors i I knew i knew you would eventually come around to a to the puns mike so i'm i'm just it it only took us you know eight nine episodes just keep
1: throwing them slow pitches over the plate adam
2: you have take, taken my
0: job in this episode. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. No,
2: no, no. But the it's it's interesting how the the timeline progresses through this act where at the very beginning these these two horses are are dead by the side of this dilapidated barn after the flood and the character that we we met from the previous interlude Ron is digging their grave and he's he's mumbling and muttering to himself this should have never happened. We should have been more prepared for something like this. Why weren't we prepared? We should have known better. And it's, it's interesting to, to think, okay, maybe was there something more that they could have done? Um, was somebody in communication with Weaver who, you know, was using these interventions to try and warn people, you know, the, the flood is imminent. Uh, so it's...
1: That's an uh, interesting perspective. And I, I bet, I mean, I'm sure you all agree that these are the horses that we see at the end of Act 1 uh, yes. in, the, in the TV monitor next to that broken down barn. Um, so I I feel like it's all coming back around in one sense or another. I think the, the interesting thing for me is trying to understand the, the, the horses, the neighbors, um, Mm -hmm. from the, the overarching theme of debt. Um, and you know, in the context of like, is there anything more we could have done, um, maybe I'm influenced by the pandemic that we're living through right now, but <laughs> it was an act of nature that ultimately, it sounds like, killed these horses. Um, and there is nothing they could have done, and it, it just happened. Uh, and maybe that's, the, maybe that's the reality of life for people living in you know, the middle of nowhere Kentucky, being crushed by Consolidated Power Co.,
0: um, I just wanted to say, and it, it kind of bounces off your point, that um, in order to access the fifth interlude of this game, that we're going to talk about next time, the final time we wrap up this series, but in order to access that interlude, you have to go back into the first episode and play it again for the first five minutes to access the interlude again, and it's... Ooh. Yeah. I it's better write that down. down,
1: but I did unlock it.
0: So, if you, if you did it the first time, and accidentally fell on the way to unlock it you can unlock it um but the way that you unlock it is you go back and you do a very specific thing in act one which to me says that like it doesn't matter how many times you go through this debt will continue to get you without change to the system
1: Ooh, interesting so there's
0: yeah do i do i again we're going to talk about more of this as we wrap up next episode but like there's a lot I hate about this video game. It's <laughs> really, not, it's, it's not. Look, I think as a video game, it's boring, and and we're gonna get into it later, I'm sure. Oh, but like to me, this is a this is a poem that is playable. Like that is that is what I think about this entire game. As a video game, it's not very good. But as a as a thing, I appreciate very much that I that I experienced it.
1: It's not quite a game, you know. It's it, there's no uh, objective. I guess that you have other than to figure out how to get to the end of the story. Yeah. But that, you know, it's interactive art or interactive fiction and, you know, splitting hairs between whether it's a game or not um, is the least interesting bit (laughs) to me. Honestly, (laughs) this game has so many, so many, uh, so many hairs to split and, and things to unravel that, uh, that I would much rather entertain all of those discussions and whether whether this is a video game
0: which is why i'm really happy that we're gonna like take a little breath take some time away from kentucky route zero and then come back to it and then give kind of our final thoughts because um final thing i'm gonna say i watched a video from skill up and what he said about Kentucky Route Zero is that it is a very boring game. It controls rather poorly. Its spaces are not easily navigated. Its dialogue options do not impact the income. Its narrative is confused and lacks a satisfying resolution. It's unfocused in its dialogue. No one could remain attentive during its 10-hour playtime. There's both too much and too little at the same time. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, let's, let's play this, this thing. This is great. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I don't know if I disagree with all of that, but there are definitely bits of that I disagree with.
0: Yeah, which is great and why we're going to come back to this. And I feel like it's unfair for me to like open the box and then be like, no, we're going to keep it closed for yeah. a while longer. But yeah. that's
2: what I do.
1: That's okay. I'm just you... going to start boxing a slab of meat in preparation for our throwdown in the last fight. You last got me greasing the clamps over here, Jacob. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> so the three title cards are we saved what we could, Ron dug a grave, then we buried the horses, right? Because you can talk to the different characters and there are changes between the scenes or there there are yeah. small shifts in the scene, mm-hmm. but truly, like, you are in the same space for the whole act.
1: Yeah. But it, it, did you not also get the sense that uh, the place was improving with people being there, that it was getting cleaner, that it was uh, looking better, that it was recovering with... with Like, I don't know how much time we were actually there, you know, real-world time, I guess. Um, But it seemed like the town had come back to life.
0: Um, My thought on it was that it was window dressing, and that, like, truly the town was destroyed. And no matter how much the people were going to do to it, um, it wasn't going to largely change. It got flooded, and, like... What can you do? There, yeah. There's water in the town, right? Interesting. It's all window dressing.
1: You you are making the case that a church is not the building you go to. <laughs> a church is the the corpus of people. And um, I guess that
0: those are my my views on religion. At the same time,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the is it is it okay for me to to talk about the I guess the elephant in the room, which was the the yeah shoot. Well, the
1: neighbors. Well, not
2: not not so much the neighbors, but the fact that. <laughs> <laughs> the the fact that we we finally get to our original destination of 5 dogwood drive which turns out to be and i'm i'm not sure how to best describe this but it's almost like a kid's a drawing uh, i i don't even know it's it's almost like a kid's drawing of a house where it's just a yeah. square and a triangle but it's it's three dimensional and it's completely white and the thing is there's no front wall or back wall it's completely empty inside and when the characters finally realize this is it um there's there's something really really interesting that happens amongst all of them the the four or five of them all stand inside of this i guess this obelisk or this monolith and
1: that's a great word for it
2: and they something something inside of them begins to it begins to emerge where you know shannon says to herself you know what i could i could really see myself setting up a new shop here and you know fixing tvs and, and electronics for for this community and Junebug and johnny go on about you know the acoustics in this space are really really great we could we could turn this into a performance hall or something like that and uh it's and And you see those kinds of interactions throughout the town itself with these with these four or five characters and the townspeople themselves there's i think my favorite destination is uh, or my favorite location in the town is called uh Waffles for any kind of weather it's <laughs> and it's just it's just this little waffle shop, and Johnny begins to talk to. Uh, one of the townspeople about it and he goes on to talk about oh you know the power company ruined it and you know it was a nice little place and Johnny said you know with the coat of paint this could be a perfect concert venue and you know Junebug and I could play great songs here and Ezra's talking to the the aviator who fixes the planes and flies them because that's the only way in or out of the town and and he starts to go on about how, you know, I I'd, I'd love to learn how to fly a plane and I wonder what Julian would think if if he and I could fly together and I I think that there's hope that that's what's beginning to build here. And if you remember from uh the previous interlude, they there's always this line that kept repeating, talking about how oh Saturn is in retrograde, and I mean me as a as a simpleton think to myself, well, what does that mean? And googling it, it's sort of it's a it's an astrological term that refers to you know a certain way in which Saturn looks, where it appears it's it's upside down or it's backwards, and as a result, astronomers or astrologists interpret that as um, the beginning of new opportunities and of things to build off of, and so I'm I'm so curious to see if the idea of the flood coming through this town and completely eradicating it is nature's way of saying, "Let's wipe it clean, let's get rid of everything bad that's happened, and let's build anew." Like Noah's Starting... Ark in the flood, exactly, and let and it all starts with. With this five-dogwood drive, this, this literal blank canvas of a building, and whatever is inside this package that Conway was supposed to deliver.
1: That's super poetic. Uh,
2: by Adam Ionetta dictated but not read.
1: <laughs> um, if, if Did you guys also not see the furniture right by the hole? Was that not the 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 furniture that uh, Conway was delivering in his antique truck
2: i I think so
1: okay yeah because it was it was uh, a couch or two couches and it seemed like a, a very tall dresser mm-hmm. um, one of the interesting bits that I found about five dogwood drive is that everyone seemed to see the potential in it and everyone seemed to discuss it as if it was kind of magical that it was Bigger than it looked, you know, like the TARDIS. Um, it was, you know, it, it it had a magic aura to it, um, and yeah, I, I thought I thought there was something special about it and the way people spoke.
2: Have you guys ever watched the Netflix series The Haunting at Hill House?
1: No, I'm not.
2: It's it's really really good. I strongly suggest it, but um, uh, without spoiling too much, um, there's this room within the haunted house itself, that's known as the room with the red door. And for anybody who goes inside that room, it's something completely different. And that's, that's how I interpreted this, uh, this five dog drive. Whereas for Shannon, she saw it as her future shop for, for Junebug and Johnny. It was their, their full-time concert gig. And, uh, and for these town, townspeople, it's, it's hope. It's, it's revival.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was just trying to figure out the whole time the timing on the cat because my thought, you know, we we've talked about what the house looked like. I'm like, could the cat be a reincarnation of Conway? But that's not possible because
1: he's Con- an electric go- skeleton.
0: He's an electroskeleton, skeleton, but also we got the cat before. Like, you could interpret that Conway as a as a hard time boy went down the river Styx. You know, when he when he got on his little boat there. I don't know, I, I just have, there's a lot of, like, incomplete thoughts that I have, like, about, like, hey, does the cat represent reincarnation? Welcome to this you, game. You, you talked about <laughs> Noah's Ark. Um, is everything really going to get better, and is that commentary on the fact that, like, unless there's true change, like, you can only put window dressing on something that has been completely destroyed? I, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling. I, Pepe to Sylvia! Pepe to <laughs> Sylvia! Pepe to <laughs> Sylvia! That's me! Guys, did, look! I don't. I can't figure it out. The mail. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Let's save Jacob from his Pepe Sylvia moment. Uh-huh. Um, did you guys also pick up on the thread that Five Dogwood Drive was built as built on top of um, one of those ancient uh, monuments or ancient uh, domes that they find throughout the Midwest? No. No. Okay. No. So there are. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Um, but there, there are these throughout the Midwest, these essentially domed hills and snaking, um, clearly man-made snaking hills, um, that are, you know, made by some ancient civilization, um, as, you know, what, what's speculated to be a, a monument to the gods or, or, um, you know, one of their, their places of settlement, a sacred spot, um, and if if I remember correctly, there was some dialogue around Five Dogwood Drive or that place being built on top of it. Which um you know, we we do see um the water, which one I don't think we've mentioned so far, like visually beautiful and stunning. Oh, yeah. Reminded me of a Ghibli film. Yeah uh, yes. or a Ghibli film. Um but the water all kind of it while it pooled it seemed like there were ripples and waves in in like the different land that would pop out of it and then go back under um and it could just be you know back to Jacob's crazy Pepe Silvia rant it could just be hey that's how the land irrigated um but i i think i do remember that i don't did you do you guys did you guys pick up on any of that dialogue or or hinting at that not
2: not in this act but i wonder you know going back to what you talked about about these sort of are, are they domed structures built on top of hills it,
1: it's not even a structure it's the hill itself
2: okay because I, I i was wondering um if you remember in act three when we're trying to, to figure out how to work xanadu it's because we don't have the password and the people from the hard times brewery say oh well the password is dome in air and so as, as soon as you said sort of these dome structures resting on top of a mountain I kind of thought I wonder if that has any relation to the visualization of a dome in the air and hmm. uh, but I, I I don't know and I, I don't remember any of this dialogue though um, but it it just it's just one more newspaper article to pin on the board
0: <laughs> did you guys find did you guys interact with the farmhouse when it Again, talking about more weird things.
2: Did you <laughs> when it right? had all the bats or
1: something inside? Were they bats or was I it don't like know a what black they
2: cloud of mystery? Yeah, what was that?
1: I I don't know, but it had a really ominous sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I walked, I I ran my cat by it, and then I I went, what when is that? And then I I ran back, and then noticed that there was like a cloud just inside the farmhouse, and it just disappeared, and it was nothing. This game's weird. <laughs> um one thing I, I also wanted to touch on is um d- did you guys take anything away from the fact that they were trying to make the horse's legs move kind of like the the man did you get that with bob so no. bob at one point no. was trying to prop up like using a crank to make the dead horse's uh legs move did you guys catch that at all
2: no, no. i don't remember that at all that sounds morbid
0: yeah, it was. I was like, "What is going on here?" And I, I thought, like, maybe, maybe they're trying to make it work, like they were trying to make the mammoth work in the beginning of Act Three. But, <laughs> um, but I digress. Mike, you just sent us an article, and I usually I won't I won't do this usually, but like I think it's it's relevant that you just sent us the ancient Midwest article from the New York Times, dated August fourteenth, two thousand eight. Um, is this what you were talking about?
1: This is what I was talking about, that there are these ancient Midwest um, cities that were built over, like, clearly man-made mounds that have lasted um, millennia. And hmm. um, maybe maybe I was just hallucinating or falling asleep <laughs> and, and dreaming while I was playing this final act. But I do remember there being some discussion of there being an ancient... Uh, something ancient about the place five dog would drive or, or whatever the town is that mm-hmm. that we end up popping out at
0: interesting so i don't if think we ever get the name this, of it if anyone wants to read this at the fact it's new york times the article is called ancient midwest by keith Mulvihill, and it's dated august 14th 2008 so add it to the board
1: boys <laughs> <laughs> one more thing that we need to tie a string around
0: <laughs> one more thing
2: I, I think uh, you are right, Michael, because uh, they don't ever mention the name of the town. They just continue to refer to it as the town. And uh, do you guys remember the one point um, where there's this one character, I think I think her name is Wanda, and for the first two-thirds of this uh, act she 's asleep on a bench, and every time yeah, yeah. Uh, as as you the cat, you know you you pester her, you bother her, and she doesn 't wake up, but then come the final part um she 's awake and she 's actually we we find out she 's a member of the Bureau of reclaimed spaces, and she 's actually here to reclaim this space and it, apparently it 's been a long sought after uh piece of land, and now with the flood and with most of its inhabitants leaving. The bureau now has this opportunity to to seize it, and I I, I felt very disheartened by that. I, I thought, oh, you can't even have some pity for these people.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that the common theme that we've seen with the uh, the bureau of reclaimed spaces that they come in and they um they take over a, a space even if it uh, even if it displaces others. Uh, that that goes back to the church that they. Um, that they had displaced earlier. That's right. And where I think we first discussed the concept of a church being the body of people instead of the building that they go to.
0: It's always funny because in this game, and I don't know if you guys feel this way too, but it seems when things go awry, it's always the people that are forced to fix, like to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And maybe it's my perspective on it, but it's like there are other external forces and then it's just really the people that have to deal with the repercussions and pick up the pieces.
1: Yeah, what? sometimes tornadoes pick up the pieces and they put them down where they shouldn't be.
0: You are in such a gaggy mood today. I don't get it.
1: I don't either.
2: <laughs> did we switch bodies? I don't yeah. know what happened here. the The one thing I did I did want to talk about was um you you finally do get a bit of closure with some of the characters where um you know you have the relationship between Shannon and Blue at one point where one of the townsfolk asks her. Um, oh, so what are you going to do from here? And she says, well, I'll, I'll probably just drive this truck back to its owner. And they ask about the dog. And, and Shannon says, yeah, you know what? This is my dog. Or at least that, that's the path that I chose. Because you're, you're given the option to, to, to take Blue with you from this point and adopt him as your own um, or, or leave him. And so I, I, I wasn't just going to leave him there. So, or her. So I, I had to take her with me. And, uh, and the same can also be said about Ezra and, um, Johnny and Junebug where the three of them are conversing and, um, the towns, the townspeople ask them, uh, oh, uh, who, who are these people? And Junebug and Johnny say, so what do you say, kid? Do you, do you want to hit the road with us? Do you want to come along? And, and I I chose yes, like absolutely. And he and he says very kindly, like, yeah, these are my friends. And it's it's just it's so touching to to get that closure that um, and and it can go in in either direction. I mean, I I don't know what would have happened or if, if you guys took the option where he said, oh, I was just helping them with a favor, and but now I I need to get back to to my family in the museum and my eagle. So yeah, <laughs> the
1: eagle, Julian. Yeah, that's um, right. I. Did not, I completely missed the dialogue option with Blue. Um, I, I didn't... Going back to the very first episode where I was like, I don't know whose dog this so I, I <laughs> is. You <completely> shameless, <laughs> shameless man. <laughs> completely missed the option to adopt Blue or not. Um, but I did get you know get the option to adopt um ezra and i think you kind of control it from both sides you you decide as johnny and junebug whether you want to ask him to join you and at least for me i said uh, from ezra's perspective yeah this is my family now um which to me was this like just heartwarming adoption story in the middle of this kind of i don't want to say bleak but um Yes, child, the have robots it? are your parents now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did, exactly. J- did June
0: and John Carter, Carter, did June and Johnny Cash ever have a child? Yeah. Was the child's name Ezra?
1: I don't know. Time Wouldn't to, that be a thing? Time to go to the Google.
0: <laughs> the Google <laughs> machine. Uh, the drum roll, please. Uh, he, da, has, da, da. he has five children. Oh, that's an and army. And. Um Roy, Margaret, Louise, Jack, JR, Reba, Joanne and Tommy. No. No child named Ezra.
1: The conspiracy falls apart. One less string on our on our wall.
0: <laughs> One less string left behind. Yes. Um the end of the episode was my favorite part of this. It it is it is I would say it is the coolest moment in this entire video game. Hands down. It is it You're is crazy. The, it is it is the most well directed piece in this entire thing. My mouth was a... Ag- I was ag- ag- gape. No. I was just...
1: I mean, it's very cool. I, I don't... But, like, you're, if you're saying that's better than the performance inside the bar, where the roof literally comes off the place...
0: This is better. That's that's a close second. That's a close second. So, let me set it up. So, essentially, they have buried the horses, and everyone in the town is around, and everyone's well one person starts singing and then these ghost people start appearing and then if you if you had headphones it was very very apparent but more voices started mm-hmm. joining in and the direction was just immaculate as the camera kind of imagine you're you're on a plane and it's kind of lifting like a like a drone shot would and then everyone's singing and then very slowly the song stops and all the ghosts disappear and everyone just goes along with their days like nothing weird happened
2: it's it's worth mentioning that the reason why they're singing this song in the first place is because they're they're holding essentially a funeral service for the for the neighbors and (laughs) and you know emily is is kind of the one who's presiding over the ceremony and she even asks one of the townspeople early on during the act you know can you can you paint us a mural to to commemorate these two horses by and uh, you know, come the ceremony, she asks everyone, um, "Does anybody have any any words that they'd like to speak?" And I, it's it's got to be my favorite part of the dialogue here. Where, um, oh shoot, I can't remember his name. Is it Roy, uh, the the guy with the baseball cap and the glasses who was digging the the plot in the first place? I was think it so? Yeah, might okay, be Bob. Yeah. It's Ron. Roy Ron. Bob. That was his name. Okay. Yeah. Bob. Bob. Yeah, uh, I know it was it was Ron. 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 Okay. And and he says at one point. Um, uh, you know the the neighbors were great, but uh, they they used to come into my my place and they they'd crap all over the floor. But uh, <laughs> but but you know what? I I honestly didn't mind it. So uh, you know you they they could come into my my shop anytime and crap on my floor, and I wouldn't care.
1: And the same goes for all of you.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> w- what
1: did you Love guys it. think of the final poem? I. I love the the moment where they were discussing uh, the names of the horses and that they didn't know them. Mm-hmm. And then there was a line of, like, we didn't – the horses didn't have names because their names are not ours to give. Um, and I thought that was very poetic and yep. also, um, I think, could tie back to the, the name of the town itself, right? We never get a name for the town because it's a ghost town. It, it's not our name to give it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just, it was poetic. I, I thought it was wonderful.
0: I, I actually took mine and, and like wrote it down because um, I think it was like the perfect bow to tie on this whole thing. Um, do you guys mind if I, if I read the poem that I got? Because you had options, but this is what I chose. Yeah, please do. I think the grass will never grow again. Here where it grew so sweet, now only clay. will rise to meet the morning air. Who would eat grass now when our neighbor's sleeping lay? Our neighbors were the best of us, of course, it's always so, our better selves, clear of ourselves, where we can see their glory glow there they glow now underground, our friends with love. I have no will now left to comfort you, so let me try instead to share your woe below the earth, in damp and torchlit caves, may yet some day anew a hail grass grow, and to me, that goes back to the consolidated power co. Um, like, mine workers that died underground and, like, were part of a memorial that we found midway through the game. Everything just... This game took eight or nine years to make, and you know how we questioned, did they know where they were going? And I, I will argue one thing. This is not a video game. It is something else. But they knew exactly where they were going from the start.
2: Absolutely. I, I think... And... I'm. I think I'm going to go off on my own Pepe Silvia tangent, similar to you did Jacob before. Um, but going off of what you said um, earlier about the whole idea about reincarnation and does the cat represent Conway or something like that? I I personally interpreted the horses, at least one of them, to represent Conway, because they They go on to talk about in in the uh, un pueblo de nada that the whole purpose of this tribe was that they eventually wanted to to free these horses because in in ancient times horses were essentially the equivalent to a tractor or a truck they were they were more than just animals they were machines they were utilitarian and so they were used for everything, whether it was moving um uh, food or um, wealth or whatever it was they were they were actual hardware that needed to work endlessly and where they were in this town they they were treated more than that they were actual neighbors they were among friends they were among neighbors and i think that with with conway's passing i i think that's reflected in the horses that you know these horses have worked their entire lives and so has conway and now he's he's gone off he's he's passed on and i i see a bit of that in the lyrics of the song um, and it's I'm I'm just looking at the song right now, and it's um fun fact. It's actually uh, so the the hymn is called "I'm Going That Way," and it was a hymn written by uh, his name was James Rowe, and he's from like way back in the day, like eighteen sixty eighteen sixty five eighteen ninety. Like
1: funny accent back in the day,
2: a- exactly. Like black and white photos, high waisted pants. It's all there, and he he was from England, moved to New York, and went on to publish. Over nine thousand hymns, poems, and recitations, and wow. other works, as as one usually does back in those days, um, because if you weren't working, you were dying of God forbid knows what. Um, but uh, there's there's one section where they talk about so- something about um, the Savior uh, I adore each day, who brought hope to me, and and is ha- has gone. So that I may live on. And I mean, of course, they're, they're talking about Jesus in this hymn. But the whole idea that, you know, the reason why I see hope rebuilding in this town is because of what Conway did, of what Conway was able to finally deliver to this town. and to Quite literally. Be, what, what, exactly. <laughs> what, what he was able to deliver was hope and and that's where these people are now able to rebuild their lives they're able to to look past the flood and the power company and say we can live our lives anew and start over and it's 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 just so funny because i keep thinking to myself okay conway like, I'm, I'm drawing these weird relations to, like, Conway is the savior, the truck driver is the savior, and then I can hear Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, if you bought it, then a truck brought it! And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, yes, Jimmy, that's it! Conway is the savior!
0: <laughs> you're a teamster now, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh,
2: can Love I plead it. the fifth on that? <laughs> yeah. Love it.
0: Do we have any any closing thoughts about Act 5? Um, before we clear our Pepe Sylvia board for the fifth interlude, which is coming next week.
1: You know, it, in terms of a potential finale to the game, um, it was powerful. It was, uh, quite a moment. Um, and just as I expected, they did not close all of the threads that they had started. So, um, we'll see what happens in the next one. If, if they, they go much further, um, but this is kind of what I was expecting.
2: Personally, this was this was not at all what I had expected. Um, I, I thought there would be a, a nice bow tied to, to figure out what happens to certain characters. And we, and we do see that with certain characters. but as for Conway, I, I couldn't just sit there thinking to myself, he's gone off to the brewery. I thought, no, there, there has to be something more. like he can't just be gone. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't at all disappointed with the way that this story unfolded, um, and it, it it was very moving. It was only, as I said before, ninety minutes long compared to the two and a half hours, three hours that we had with the previous two acts. But I had I had no qualms with that. Everything was was just so moving at every point during this story, as far as building characters and um, really just enforcing the idea that life goes on regardless and that's what these people have to do from here it's it's not like um <laughs> i mean i i kept praying that it wouldn't be like the ending of seinfeld where they all just arrive in some town and they get sent to court by everybody who's done them wrong throughout the rest of the episodes and uh it, it was it was really beautiful because life just carried on and um that was that was really the end of it
0: uh i definitely d- didn't expect um ...for the episode to start where it did. Um, I expected, like you, Mike, for us to have unanswered questions at the end of this. But I guess the one thing I do want to say... ...and I'm not going to retread any ground with what you guys said... ...because you you said it much more beautifully and, and well than I could have said it. But what I appreciate, and steal a line from Adam... ...is that I love talking about games with good people who understand games... And I don't think that I would have had as much appreciation for Kentucky Route Zero if not for the discussions with y'all. We can debate next time if if this is a video game. Um, I'm going to say it's not. um, I'm going to say we're not going to debate it. um, (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of that? (laughs) I'm very thankful uh, that I had this platform to speak to you about this game. So thank you.
1: Same.
2: The feeling is. The feeling is 100% mutual. Had it not been for the fact that you guys invited me on in the first place, I would have never looked at this game, simply because, as I have mentioned before, I am not a fan of point-and-click adventure games, especially ones that are so heavily based on text-based dialogue. Um, To me, it just doesn't sound interesting, and I'm so glad that you guys gave me this opportunity to appreciate such a great game, not a game, a great thing Uh, a a beautiful wonderful thing
0: (laughs) Um, those are our thoughts about Act 5 of Kentucky Route Zero Uh, if you want to find out more about our podcast uh, you can find out all the things at leftbehindgame.club you can find us on Twitter at leftbehindclub and on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub Uh, there's one thing you can do if you love this show if you love this content you can leave us a five star review on your podcasting platform of choice because it truly does help I want to read out a review from Citizen 21 on Apple Podcasts they say this is the perfect accompaniment to any backlog not only is this podcast an absolute blast to listen to it's encouraged Urging me to tackle a backlog of video games that I definitely should get around to playing. The cast are consistently entertaining and provide insightful commentary and discussion. Can't wait for the next episode. So, like I said, if you love the show, give us five stars, leave us a review, and we will find it and we will read it. So don't you worry about that. But if oh, you shucks. don't want, re- ah, oh, shucks, right? <laughs> I, I should let that breathe for a second. What a nice thing. Yeah. You know what else is a nice thing, Mike?
1: What's a nice thing? Our Discord. Our Discord? (laughs) Well, Jacob, do you know how people would get to join our Discord?
0: (sighs) Ah, I forget, honestly.
1: (laughs) Well, if they go to leftbehindgame.club, there's a big red button in the middle of the page that'll teleport them magically into a world of great video game deals and discussion. Poof, ta-da. And uh, (laughs) and all people should do it. Uh, It's where we discuss the show. It's where we discuss what games we might be playing next where we announce a lot of things um, and it's where people are always dropping in hot game deals so if you need to add to your backlog or find the cheapest way to play the games that we're playing for the show that's where you should go
0: yeah and we announced a bunch of the games that we'll be playing in the in the coming months so you can again find that at, at left behind game nope You can find that on our Twitter page, so go go find us there. Adam, it is your ninth time on the show. Uh, You crushed it, as always. I'm sure you're going to crush it the tenth time you come on next week. Uh, But if people want to find you and your work, where is the best place that they can do that?
2: Uh, The best place for people to find me is uh, at my website, adamayonetta.ca. But just as well, I'm now on Facebook and at Twitter. Uh, or on Twitter, um, just at the. Uh, He's at
0: Twitter. At- <laughs> He's Jack Dorsey. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> See, I, I, I keep, I keep reinforcing that I'm I'm such a luddite and a neophyte when it comes to technology and social media. So I'm I'm just getting my feet in the water right now. But uh, but if if you want to find me on Facebook or Twitter, uh, I'm just at. Uh, dma Ianetta. Uh i've changed my my username over on twitter but it's still the same profile uh, just everything's uh, the same now on facebook and twitter dma and then my last name Ianetta. Um but uh, uh, just as passionate as i am about singing because that's what i do that's what my work is about uh, as a musician um, i'm equally passionate about video games and likewise talking about great games with wonderful people like yourself so thank you guys for having me on
0: michael
1: you can find me at Rufalo m on most social places online and michael website under construction but we'll see if it's live in time for the show to go up jacob where can the people find you at
0: you're under pressure now you can find me at jacob mccord on all major social media platforms i do a lot of the twitter twit 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 twit, twit. uh i'm jack dorsey's number two fan not really but <laughs> uh,
1: it's um, too late you said it it's a true i thing. said it it's
0: a thing uh and you can also find me on youtube i'm making uh video essays youtube.com slash jacob mccourt uh find me there michael what do we say to the friends that listen to our show at the end of it
1: and that my friends is one fantastically interesting game left behind
0: I've heard of a
3: land of joy and peace and wonderful light A beautiful place of mansions fair and skies so bright Where all who believe the Savior dear forever shall stay And having been saved by grace divine, I'm going that way, I'm going that way, I'm going that way. Yes, dear, the Savior I adore Is with me each day I'm clinging to Him And never to stray Just singing praises all day long I'm going that way The glorious news I tell and sing as onward I go. For those who are still a in sin, my Savior may know. I want them to sing that praise above some beautiful day. For glory to him that died for me, I'm going that way. I know I shall meet Meet him at at the gate gate when trials are past. I know I shall meet him face to face in glory at last. Oh, I believe that when we meet, well done, he'll say. While trusting the sore redeeming love, I'm I'm going that way. I'm going that way. I'm going that way. Yes, dear, the Saviour I adore is with me each day. I'm clinging to Him and never to stray. Just singing praises all day long. I'm going that way.